Hello everybody and welcome back to 100 Years 100 Movies. Today we're going to be talking about the year 1966, a year that gave us um, some all-time great dramas in Persona uh, by Ingmar Bergman and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. We also got the proto-slasher uh, Blow Up, which also had some very interesting and innovative camera work in it. We also got um, the extremely silly big budget version of the Batman TV series, um, Batman the Movie. But today what we're going to be doing is focusing um, once again on one of my favorite subgenres, the Western, specifically Italian Westerns, um, two of the all-time greatest spaghetti Westerns ever, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly by Sergio Leone, uh, Leone's masterpiece, um, his third part of the Man With No Name trilogy, which, as I've mentioned, um, he has a name, <laughs> changes in every movie. So um, Clint Eastwood goes from Joe and uh, for a fistful of dollars to Manco in, um, for a few dollars more. To In this movie, he's known as Blondie. And The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, uh, it kind of takes the stakes and it takes... The relationships from the previous two movies and adds to them so we follow three main characters uh clint eastwood's blondie who's the good lee van cleave's angel eyes who is basically the same character as last night but now he's the bad guy he's the bad and eli wallach is introduced as duco the ugly this movie is like i said it just raises the stakes um and this movie it is long, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, this movie is almost three hours long, but it's, like, that length because it takes its time, and it takes its time in order to set things up, in order to ratchet up tension, in order to um, make you almost, as an audience member, like, jump at the screen because you want something to happen, and not because you're bored, but it's just, like, you want this tension to be over already. Um so once again, you know, the, the, our trio of, of, of main characters are bounty hunters. Um, at, at one point, um, Blondie and Duco end up um, connected with one each other. Like literally, I think like they're, um, they have handcuffs on one another and they have to team up in order to um, escape, the, <laughs> escape the, um, the Union Army, if I remember correctly. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry, not the Union crap uh yeah escape they're they're escaping the um the union army um in order to make it to this fortune of gold buried in a remote cemetery and the this whole plot is kicked off after um Clint Eastwood's character leaves uh Tuco to die and Tuco's able to catch him back and uh, they end up in the desert and and they meet a man who tells each of them half of of their secrets in order for them to find this gold um like one of them has the name of the cemetery the other one has um the name of the tomb in which to look um in order to find um to find this gold uh lee van cleef in this movie is an army general and, and this whole thing takes place in the backdrop of um the civil war and it doesn't really take sides it's not a movie that glorifies um you know, either side, the Union Army or the Confederate Army. Uh, so it's not necessarily problematic in that sense, um, like some other Westerns of the time period. Uh, and part of that probably has to do with just um, Leone doing this, he being an Italian director and, and 
not, I'm assuming, not being familiar and probably not necessarily caring about American history to the extent that he would want to, like, make that be realistic. Um, now, what he does do is he does have an eye for detail like he's always had, and a lot of the period costumes are, are period accurate to the, to the point that they might seem a little ludicrous, but um, a lot of it's referenced from picture from photos and books of, of the time period that this movie is set in. Um, just as I've mentioned in his other movies, you know, there's a lot of um, um, close-ups. There's a lot of interesting shots of things. And once again, we have wonderful, wonderful music uh, from Ennio Morricone, um, music that was actually written before the movie was made, which is interesting since that's not usually the case. Um, so because it was pre-recorded music, um, Leone was actually able to play the music during the filming of the movie in order to get everything just right, just as he wanted it. Um, as I've mentioned, you know, this trilogy of movies and, and Leone's movies in general are just, are just great. Um, if you're going to watch one of them, uh, like I mentioned, For a Few Dollars More might be my favorite, but if you're going to watch one of them and you kind of want to get the the real experience of um, uh, of a Leone movie, you should watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, when I talked about Inglorious Bastards, I had mentioned that Colonel Hans Landa, when he's introduced, uh, it's like this really tense um, sequence that is cribbed from Leone, and, and it's actually from this movie. So the intro, um, the the scene in Inglorious Bastards I was referring to is like he goes into this into this man's house who is harboring um, some fugitives, you know, i.e. Jewish people that are hiding from Nazis. Um, and he has a conversation with them, and they're they're smoking pipes, and it switches from Italian to English, um, and then violence occurs. Right. Um, this is is taken at least for me, I feel like stylistically and, and spiritually is taken from the introduction of Angel Eyes in this movie, who um, is seen, uh, he goes to kill a man and um, he sits down and have dinner with him and like with his wife and you're not sure what's going to happen and it just kind of ratchets up to the point where he ends up like shooting, um, killing this man and right before he kills him, you know, he gets him to... Um, he pays him to kill the man who was sent to kill him. Um, so once again, I, I just think this movie, this movie's great and you should definitely check it out. The other movie that I wanted to talk about was Sergio Corbucci's Django. Uh, Django is played by Franco Nero and Django, this character was the inspiration for Django and Django Unchained, another Tarantino movie um, that that we've talked about in the past. And Django is an interesting movie it, it ends up being this series of movies and unofficial spin-offs i think there's like 20 at least 20 like django movies and they're not necessarily all official django movies but there's just a lot of them um but of all of them i think django is the best one franco nero uh is introduced as you know this um gunfighter who uh walks into town dragging a coffin behind him and in the coffin he has um uh a Gatling gun, um, a rail gun, I forget which, what the actual name for it is, but, um, it's this giant gun that he's able to kill a lot of people with. And this is just, um, a nasty little, dirty little, um, um, Italian Western for all that, um, for as violent as Leone's movies are, I mean, um, there's a lot of focus on tension and a lot of focus on, on, um, characters. Django is, 
that by way of action movie. This movie is bloody. This movie is violent. This movie is a blast. Um, if you kind of want to see a different take on the spaghetti western, or if you want to see what um, the inspiration for for Django Unchained is, at least the character, check out Django. And and, and just interestingly enough, mentioning Django Unchained, Franco Nero actually shows up in both um, Django Unchained and and later on in John Wick. Um, I think two, one of the John Wick movies. Uh, yeah, it's two. Um, Franco Nero is just an interesting, uh, interesting character actor, and it's kind of cool to see him as just like resident old man badass um, in movies nowadays. Thank you for listening, and have a good day.